Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Dial Podcast, number two. You came back for another one? Thank you. Thank you very much. All three of you, thank you. We really do appreciate that. Now, your host, Matt DeGrand, Evan Price, and Jake Von Duren. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am here with Matt Legrand, Evan Price, and myself. I'm Jake Von Duren. Hey, thanks. Up? Thanks for coming back, guys. Yeah. All right. So we got some beers here that we need to open up. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Jake, would you like a beer? Yes. Yes, okay. sir. Okay. Beer me. Let's see if I can find yours. Matt is uh, mm-hmm. our, uh, our our beer supplier for today. This is an extra special beer for Jake. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I don't know if you want to. Thank you, sir. That. This like is it. for Jake's domination of Matt at the time trial and Jack Frost. Yeah, the beer is called uh, Total Domination. <laughs> By fitting, very yeah. fitting. Even, even on the bottle, it says uh, Jack Frost uh, to the victor go the spoils. So this was a uh, was this for our little friendly bet, Matt? That was for our friendly bet. Yes. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I coerced Jake into. Um, I, I didn't give him much heads up. We were just. I think we were at uh, Hopworks, which is um, a sponsor of uh, the cycling team, and we. I just like things were like wrapping up, and I. Uh, I think I just what did I say? Hey, let's let's have a bet on this Jack Frost time trial, which was the following week. Yeah, yeah I think we were about two, a week or two out. There was yeah. a, a caveat to this, though, wasn't there? The caveat was pretty. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's just straight up time. Yeah, but <laughs> what kind of a bicicleta were you riding yeah, that day? So, so the caveat was <laughs> that uh, the Jake was no aero equipment, and I was full on aero helmet, full disc. Uh, deep wheels, TT yeah. bike, skin T-T suit. Bikes. Yeah, well, I was in the dialed suit. I didn't have the full skin. Oh, you? Suit. Oh, okay, but, okay. Yeah. Well, then that's probably that, that must have been, that must have been that it right there. That's the it. That was it. That was yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway, Jake somehow beat me by over a minute, and uh, yeah, and earned himself a Ninkasi Total Domination IPA, which th- we are drinking tonight. I think I think it's worthwhile to talk watts there at a minute difference. Jake, what was the watts difference between you two? Well, more than a minute. So, more than a minute yeah was this was this like a minute 50 is this like the guy who says he runs a 35 when he ran a 35 50 or is that, is that... I'm, a, I'm a four minute miler yeah 455 yeah. <laughs> what was your average power matt um that's a good question i don't actually know off the top of my head but i'm guessing it was about 240 and uh i'm pretty slippery in the air i'm not a huge guy so typically 240 i can do do decently you know like compared to a lot of people that are putting out a little bit more wattage but um i was doing some quick calculations like prior to racing and i was thinking to myself okay if i'm 240 i think i can put together you know 50 watts worth of aero advantage and then i thought to myself (laughs) that's not going to be enough (laughs) you know because you can do the calculations right like it's like disc wheel is you know 10 watts or you know whatever it Mm -hmm. is like you can start to figure out like roughly how much of an aero advantage you have yeah um so yeah so I knew going into it, I was a bit of a long shot, but I, I also don't mind buying Jacob beer. So, <laughs> well, thank you, sir. It tastes uh, excellent. Thank you. Do you remember what your wattage was roughly? Oh, good. No, um, 
Yeah, actually, I do. It was uh, 364 watts. Yeah, I was, I was, oh, right, I was right there. Very oh, close. boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to guess it had to be at least 100 more, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 120. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good day. It yeah. was a, a nice day, actually. Mm-hmm. We had a really good showing that day, too. We had great weather. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's been a busy couple of racing weekends for Dialed here, hasn't it? The last three weekends. It has, man. We have been in full-on race mode. We're, uh, we started with that time trial. And I think we actually set a record. Um, I, it's unofficial at this point in time, but I'm being told by the race promoter that that was the uh, most attended race for OBRA, the Oregon Bicycle Racing Association, by a team. So we had the most entries in a race ever. We had 50, 56 people present for that race. I've gone to races with 30 people. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. But again, it was a great day. And I think they had, uh, they set a record for the the event as well. I think they were close wow. to like 320, 330 entries for the race, which, you know, for a time trial in like, you know, very, it's not even springtime yet. That That's pretty awesome. Stellar. That's impressive. I, I, I felt like that race has been declining, you know, in numbers. So to see it jump back up ahead of the numbers that they had in the past, that's crazy. Yeah. It's good stuff. Wow. Well, they're doing a good job on uh, Zone Five promotions. They are, are yeah. They're um, they've really kind of gotten on their their game with the uh, the promotion of the race. Um, they've got a good web presence now. They're doing a good job with social media. So um, we're doing everything we can to support them. I know Dialed had a ton of people that was like, "This is my first bike race," and I was like, "Good on you, right? Like, be careful <laughs> out there, you know." But like, have fun too, right? I mean, it's a time trial, so it's typically a little bit more safe. We had one athlete, one of my friends that went down like a pothole or something. We're not sure, but um, she, you know, she's come around already. She's, you know, she's she's back back out there. So, uh, and then you know, I think there's a lot of people that were brand new to it that I saw that race, and I was like, that is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was good, good stuff. Um, yeah, we also had um, (laughs) Matt's fumbling over his beer over there. Don't mind him. Um. We had uh, the mountain bike season start off. We've mm-hmm. had uh, quite a few mountain bike races already under our belt. I believe we're two. And, uh, yeah, maybe not quite a few. I guess two is not quite a few. But um, we had the Mudslinger. We had the Echo Red uh, Red to Red race. And uh, we had a bunch of dial teammates out there. Did really well. A bunch of podiums. Uh, we had the Dirty Circles uh, road race, which is mm-hmm. basically just a little short six-mile loop. And it's yeah, my race was only 36 miles. So it was uh, not really that that tedious or tenuous. But um, we just slipped into the first longer road race of the season this past weekend, or actually yesterday. And that was called Piece of Cake down in Hubbard, Oregon. And that was about 53 miles, if I'm not mistaken. And again, we had great... Um, representation for the team down there we had a couple podiums and um there was a bunch of chaos and mayhem down there in that that race as well so a bunch of stuff going on they actually um disqualified an entire field an entire field which done nullified gone didn't even happen yeah that's crazy yeah so to back up you had uh dirty circles which you raced which you had a good group there we did and then and, and personally how'd you do okay i did all right yeah yeah um it was one of those races where uh, um, nobody was wanting to work. I was trying to uh, put some stuff together. Nobody really wanted to uh, to play ball. Um, a couple of our guys in the race were there and were kind of yo-yoing a little bit. They came up and did a little bit of work, but it's just a really flat race, and it, it's oh. hard to get away. Um, some people that said they wanted to do work and try and create some breakaways uh, didn't really 
come through on that end. So everything, nothing really ever manifests. So it was, <laughs> I hate to say it, kind of a boring race. Did it sprint? Did you come down to a sprint? Or? It did come down to a sprint finish. Yeah. And I tried, yeah. I tried a tactic that didn't really work out well for me. So I ended up with fourth place. Yeah. And okay. then how's the weather conditions? Not bad. It was cloudy, cool, but um, no rain, not a drop of rain all day yeah. long and probably about 45, 50 degrees. How, how much was the wind affecting it? Um, not much at all. We had a, just a, a mild breeze on one of the legs and it never really played a factor. I was actually kind of hoping that it would because um, you can actually play that to your advantage. Um, and that's something that I've done in that race in years before. So, so how do you like, let's say you, you know, this is a lap course, for example, and you, you, you in this case, you said there wasn't much wind, but what if there was, what would you have done? Like, you know, wind's on your back on this section, wind's going to be in your face, you know, on this other section. How would you use that to your advantage? Attack. <laughs> yeah. You know, put yourself in the position of uh, making them do as much work as you possibly can when there is no wind and get them a little fatigued. Uh, maybe uh, cat mouse them a little bit heading into that just so you can get them to, to do that work. Mm -hmm. You hit that wind and you just basically have to jump and uh, come around them and start working hard into the wind. And it basically comes down to who wants to um, do the most work. And if you're willing to do do it more than the rest of the field or the, the, the league group, um, you can create a breakaway. And if guys aren't going to start working, eventually you can gap them. And, and when it's not windy, you've just got to be able to bury your nose and, and uh, create that gap and, and know that eventually they're going to give up. Um, so is it kind of like a hill? Like, you know, you, you've got wind in front in your face and you use it like a hill, like you try to make a breakaway there? Or is it? That's and, a very, very good it, analogy. Yes. Is it's, that true? It's, okay. Yeah. I have it, no idea. Yeah. It's just like that. If you come around somebody on a hill, and you're willing to put in a little bit more work than they are, and um, you're going to be willing to suffer, knowing that you know there's going to be a point in time where you can recover, um, and you're willing to work a little bit harder than they can, and maybe you can lay down the watts for a longer period of time and um, do the work that way. You can create that gap and that breakaway, and try and hold on to that as much as possible. And I think the the, the main difference between Matt when uh, when you have that that hill attack where you know you can actually get away and really drop people if you're dealing with a, a sidewind or anything that's coming at you from an angle, uh, you know echelons develop and that's where you can really start guttering people and I mean you know from a block headwind I think I'd almost rather take an echelon because you can at least I mean that'll naturally break up the race a mm -hmm. headwind is somebody's got to have a lot of guts to jump out there out front and yep. put down the watts required to get away yep. So all good stuff. Um, it came down that particular race again. Came down to a sprint finish, and I'd raced with these guys before. Thought that I could ride them off my wheel, and that just wasn't the case that day. Um, for one simple reason, my uh, my right quad decided it wanted to cramp up on me just oh. a touch, and lost a couple watts on the right side, and they were able to inch me out there right at the end. So, so good, good race. So then yesterday there was a race, and that was the piece of cake race. The piece of cake road race, okay. correct? Okay. And that's a three part series. Correct. It is. Yeah, it's the Willamette Valley. Um, oh crap. <laughs> it's, it's on the winner's jersey right behind the leader's jersey. There, yeah, we somewhere. can probably go over there and reference it. But yeah. anyway, it's a three race series. The last one has a wolf. I know. A wolf. It has a wolf on the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one horse. Actually, it's a, a horse, not a wolf. No, horse. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> wolf, wolf. Yeah, same thing. Um, but yeah, that's a, a fun little race series that they, it's new. The series itself is new this year. So they've uh, brought back um, the Cherry Pie Road Race. They've, uh, they started the Piece of Cake Road Race last year. And the one horse is a brand new race on the schedule for this season. So again, they're, those guys over Zone 5 are doing good stuff and, and putting together some fun series. Mm-hmm. So at the race, we had this, the, the one that would just happen was piece of cake, correct? Yes. Yeah. So we had a little, a little cat four or five issue with crossing the line there. Do we want to address that? I know that's been 
uh, all over the Facebook <laughs> recently. So <laughs> and uh, the chat boards, yes, yeah. Um, yeah the little issue um, was actually quite a big issue. They decided after the race that that was probably the worst piece of racing that they'd ever seen ever oh. in, in all years of bike racing up here. They nullified all of the results and basically disqualified the entire field. Everybody was guilty by association with that race, um, which is sad because we actually had a guy win the race on our team, uh, took the podium. He, uh, he, he, he ran a good race too. And, um, it was really unfortunate that they, uh, they dropped everybody. They had centerline violation after centerline violation, entire race. Um, there was a lot of bump and bars. There was, uh, I think there were, they said there was two, maybe three crashes in the race, which included a, a, a sprint finish crash um, with mm-hmm. one of our guys getting tied up in that, which he would have been on the podium as well. So it was um, it was a real sloppy race. Um, I think that the main culprit behind them uh, deciding to uh, to basically nullify all the results was the 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 field was told that at the end of the race they will open up both lanes at 200 meters out. That's that's pretty much par for the course unless other told otherwise. Yeah. And they decided to take both lanes at about 500 meters out. So basically, you've got half of the field and coming in hot and heavy using both lanes when theoretically, if a car had come the other direction, it's open for traffic to come through there. I mean, seriously, bad things could have happened. And that uh, fortunately didn't happen. But they um, they decided to kind of create a precedent and um, said to everybody that nobody gets any uh, prize. There's no series leader jersey going out. There's no official results being recorded, um, and that they will um, you know talk to people individually after they have a chance to review the officials' results and to look at some photography that they had for from the race. So yeah, it's kind of kind of a sad thing, but um, that's a, a teachable moment that we can kind of come back and talk to our guys that are racing in the, the fours and the fives. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of new guys in there doing that race for the first time and you don't want people to get tied up in some sketchy stuff and you want people to enjoy racing and you want them to be safe. And that just yeah. wasn't happening yesterday. And you really, I mean, so, um, back to my four or five racing days, I was probably 19 or 20 at this race. I'm going to reference it was over in Michigan. So way, way East. And, uh, we had um, uh, out in Michigan and parts of Ohio, very, very windy races, especially in the flat parts of those states. So uh, we're always going to have, you know, some uh, the potential for a tailwind sprint, which I know you had mentioned there was a crash in that sprint. And when you're dealing with a tailwind sprint, um, I had uh, done a race in Michigan where we were coming into the last, let's say, 500 meters. And there was a uh, sharp right-hander right right before the finish and you know a bunch of four fives clamoring to get to the front and they had they did not open up the road till 200 so a similar situation happened where we hit that turn and guys are flying over into the left lane you know taking the turns very wide to get around there's cones in between and all of a sudden you got three lines developing and it's weird how when you have these crashes anybody who's been in a sprint crash you remember like every second of it it's a weird, like it doesn't happen fast. It happens like very slowly. And we were picking up to, I think the last time I looked down, we were going 38 plus. We were encroaching. That, that's how heavy the wind was for this. And the line that had gone all the way out to the left decided that all six or seven of them were going to swing back in. So they swing back in, uh, gets congested quickly, and somebody clips a cone as somebody's trying to hop lines. And we'll talk about hopping lines, but that's where especially when you're a four or five and learning about how you sprint race, it's important to remember that 
if you're going to go to another line, you're going to have to make sure that there's space there because when you're going that fast, guys are not going to allow you into a line like we are at mile, you know, 20 of a 50 mile race. There's absolutely no way that somebody's going to let you hop into their line at 300 meters if it's closed. And this guy tried to bully his way in, tried to play some bar wrestling right there and hit somebody. Somebody hit a cone and the whole, I mean, the whole field went down and, uh, Funny little segue to lighten that up a little bit. Uh, I hadn't shaved my legs yet as a cyclist <laughs> by that point. So at the age of, I, was, I, I think I was 19, I was going on 20. I get to the medical tent after one of my uh, military buddies goes all hero on us and is just like carrying our bikes and us up to the, up to the medical tent. And uh, he, uh, his name's Dave Cox, by the way, if he's listening. Dave, thank you for this because I was pretty out of it after that. But... <laughs> My entire right side is missing and I get to the medical tent and the woman's kind of chuckling at me and she says, you might want to bite down on your glove. And I kind of, you know, asked her, I was like, why, why would I need to do that? She said, well, we need to get this toothbrush and rub it over your leg to get the gravel out of there. Or it's going to get infected. Oh. This is like old school cycling stuff. Like in, <laughs> apparently in Michigan, they just didn't have like, they didn't have medical supplies. They took an alcohol up, like new toothbrush and rubbed it into the wounds. Oh, they used a new toothbrush? It was a new toothbrush. Oh. She, she didn't take it out of her van or anything like that. She in Alabama. Oh. <laughs> oh, I think Billy Bob's got a toothbrush. <laughs> Don't just, bring it over here, Billy Bob. He's going to take his hand and rub it out. one good tooth. He's going to give you his toothbrush. <laughs> this boy needs to clean out some wounds. <laughs> That's good. Billy Bob was actually mad. Matt was, was in Alabama. So. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so she, I bit down on that glove and she was right. I basically needed to bite a hole in that. And the very next week after everything finally healed up, I shaved my legs for us. So, yeah. So takeaway, follow the damn rules. folks. Follow the rules. (laughs) They're there for a reason. They're there to protect you and they're there to protect the other people racing with you. And it's to keep things safe and fun. Um, and, and, and don't try and bully your way into a line please. Especially with a tailwind. It's not worth it. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Do you deal with that kind of stuff in triathlon ever? What do you do when you pass people, they get all pissy with you and throw, throw some elbows at you? You know, it's, you know, the better, I think this is, this is the same with cycling too, right? Where like, it's like the better that you get and the further up the field you move, the more like, I think tact people show and things like that. So it's like, it's not as big of an issue. Um, you get out of the water far enough up, you get on the bike, People are pretty cool. People are pretty reasonable. Um, so, yeah. So, I haven't seen a ton of issues with that. That being said, I raced. I raced, you know, if I bike, I'll be four or five. Um, so, last year, I raced a little bit. And it was just, it was it was tough, right? Like, just avoiding the craziness. And not switching, you know, not going into crossing the line, right? Like, yeah. you have this massive peloton breaking in front of you. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. I need to, like, get away from this group. Um, so yeah, so one of the things I'm looking forward to is actually turning 40 years old and, you know, aging up and out of the four five, whatever, you know, 30 plus and into the masters 45, four to five, you know, so that, I think that'll help. I think people will be more likely to follow the rules, try to get home safely to their kids, not stress about like elbowing their way in on a line or, um, you know, not a big deal if you have to slow down for a minute and, you know, wait for the Peloton to string out. So, yeah. 
if I could just press pause for one second here and say happy birthday, Matt. You just oh, had a birthday a couple yes. days ago, so yeah. you're uh, so I'm 39. So yeah, yeah one more the, year. One more I know, year. I mean, it's like yes, 40. Like who who else is like that? Like yes, 40. New age group. This is new. This like, is very much the triathlete safe, complex. Right? Like, yeah. It's like, and and the, my big thing is not necessarily the age group and triathlon. Like I'm excited about like the safety and cycling. Like I really oh, am. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I'm actually quite. And plus, like dialed has a really good group of of masters three four fives right like correct a really good group and they you know and so that'll just be more fun i think for me to cycle with that group but you know we'll see yeah yeah that group is awesome to race with yeah. and and don't let numbers or age like deter you from the right. fact that they're 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 talented cyclists they're they're fast mm-hmm. fast dudes that yeah. they put a lot of time energy and effort into uh into their 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 hobby and their sport and their athleticism is fantastic so. right it's odd to look forward to like oh i get to race with these guys like yes <laughs> gotta turn i can't wait to turn 40 so yeah yeah good stuff evan you're still a pup though you, you've got some time uh, before you can uh, join us in you the... know it's I, I i may be 26 but i think i've been in a few of these sports long enough to mm. i think it's like dog years so i i get up in the morning after long train days and i feel like i'm 45 yeah. you know like my joints don't know that they're still 26. So, <laughs> yeah, you're deceiving too. I I would never guess that you're only 26 years old. I mean, the way that you carry yourself, your your confidence, your the way you your professionalism, everything about you, like you just you're like an old soul, man. It's uh, it's kind of <laughs> cool. You are I'm, an old soul. I'm an old soul in a 19 year old looking body. So that's <laughs> yeah, not definitely not not quite it's aging not, up it's there. Not a compliment. No, yeah. no, there's no compliments handed out here. <laughs> Yeah, so it was uh, that that race on the day though. It was a beautiful, a fantastic uh, day for some racing. Though we had great weather um, up here in the Pacific Northwest for an early April race, and it's sixty-five degrees, sun's out, everything's warm on you. Um, beautiful course and some farmlands. It was uh, it was quite the day. So the 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 four or five field, the men's four or five field aside, it was um, it was a lot of fun. Personally, how'd your race go? Pretty good. Do you want to talk like how did it how did it unfold? Do you want to talk about it? Or um, it very well. Yeah, we uh, we had I think it was five guys in a field of I think it was about thirty people. Okay. So um, we came out. We kind of had uh, some ideas, but we were kind of up against um, one other pretty big team. And God, I want to say they had eight or nine guys in the field, and they've got some horses and they've got some horsepower. They um, are are pretty well collected in terms of their their organization and how they go about their, uh, their, their tactics in the race. So we kind of had to, uh, use what we had, um, effectively. It, it was kind of hard sending people off and it was kind of hard attacking and it was making sure that we were, um, keeping tabs on, on everything that they were trying to do. And then you've got other guys that were kind of coming together, like, you know, the, the little ragtag, like independent guys or a couple of other small teams that were trying to put together some, uh, some different tactics. And, at the end of the day, um, we were coming around on the last laps, and one of our thoroughbreds, um, Mr. Chris Hanel, he unfortunately got a flat tire, cut a little piece of wire in the road, and had a slow leak in there. And he tried to, to squeeze off the front, and it actually it worked out all right because we were able to get their uh, their big guys to come out and, and answer that, um, not knowing that he actually had a flat. So hopefully they burned a match or two. So he ended up falling off the back, and then um, we had another one of our teammates who surprised the hell out of me his uh, name's carl he uh he was in the race i didn't think he was still there i thought he had uh, fallen off he on the last lap went out and attacked off the front and probably put in a good i don't know 100 meters uh, maybe 200 meters at most 
and people were starting to wonder who is this guy and wh why is he out there and what's he doing? Um, so they ended up responding to that because he's my teammate. I'm not going to tra tra track yeah. him down. Tried to do a little bit of sitting on the front and, and kind of slowing up a little bit to see if we could give Carl a chance to make it stick. But um, they ended up uh, doing all the work to pull him back in. And then we were probably about a mile out um, after he got uh, um, brought back into the group. And it really became um, a race of myself and a teammate named Sean against about eight or nine guys uh, from the other team. We've got some pictures. It's kind of funny. There's a myself and Sean, and then there's this sea of floral yellow behind us. And um, we, uh, we we played it perfectly. Um, Sean was there and, and did a, fanta a fantastic job of, um, you know, sitting on the right wheels. And we were, you know, marking everybody just right. And then we came into, you know, 1k we came into 500 and they were starting to kind of create a train and um down the right wheel about three wheels three, three wheels deep i think it was got to 200 and um there was a little bit of chaos in there <laughs> there was a car that drove onto the course but they ended up stopping and we all just went around but it, it didn't i don't think it changed the race too much and uh jumped the uh, the last wheel that i needed to jump with about you know 20 30 40 meters to go and and took the win so it was uh, it was a good race so a little bit of a sprint then. Towards oh, yeah. The, yeah. 1,400 watts worth. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Ooh. 1,400. No. Matt, what's the highest number you've seen on a sprint? This is a this is a funny question to ask triathletes. You, Me included. <laughs> do you mean like what's, what numbers have I seen personally for myself? Or are yeah, you talking highest, about? Yeah, like, highest like five second. Oh, I mean like this is just me playing around at home and stuff like that. I think like. 800 900 somewhere in there uh, like you've, you're oh not, come on you've done more no, than that that's i'm serious i, I yeah. mean I, I'm, I'm i think 800 is as high as i've ever seen on myself yeah, yeah. and if like a like a five second or less sprint i mean like it, it was like on a trainer this isn't like race situation sprinting yeah. but okay yeah that'd be fun to i don't know go oh. out there and give it a go but still i just still don't i mean i'm not gonna crack that yeah. in, so Give give me and Matt some time, and then we'll have a little uh, we'll have a little sprint race this summer, and then we'll update it for you all. Yeah, we're just gonna spin from now until yeah. then until the in the winter. It'll be a, a massive nine hundred watt sprint between the two of us. <laughs> if, if you add our watts together, that's true. Yeah. yeah, it would need to be both, and we need to spend some time in the Ooh. weight room until then. So I wonder, I wonder if the two of us combined could equal Jake. Close. Yeah, that's about close. Right. Yeah, that's just, actually just great. looked it up. It was uh, 1,405 watts. Whoa. That extra five actually is going to mean a lot because that means one of us has got to put out over 700. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we've got some uh, some good evening rides coming up. We'll have to set up a little drag race between you and Evan. And, um, Ooh, I like that. that. That could be fun. Maybe they yeah. incorporate it into like a beaches ride or something yeah. like that that we do. Yeah. It's a little fun ride that we do on Monday. Matt's, Matt's got to get a cycling butt back. He's going to have to get in the. Weight yeah, room and squat a little bit. Squats. Yeah. Squats. It's mostly just squats, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So anyway, yep, great race. Um, good times. Uh, we put up a lot of points. Um, our team is still in first place in the, the, the team bar, which is the best all-around competition. And um, we're really looking to try and hold that down for the rest of the year. So good stuff. I'm proud of the, the team. That is proud crazy. Of everybody's uh, accomplishments thus far. Mm -hmm. Wait, and I, I contributed, didn't I? Did I? Did oh yeah, yeah, so yeah, Frost, yeah, yeah. It's important for me. You brought some yeah. points for us Which, in uh, Jack Frost. We just got to get you to come out and do some road races. It's something I thought would never happen. It's like contributing points to the dial team, like the dial. There team. you yeah. go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Unless well, it's in triathlon, which yeah. we'll have our own separate. Matt, I was going to say Matt's Matt's the one guy right now going cycling and triathlon, which is great. So mm -hmm. 
well, getting points for both of us. I'm sure there's someone else that's doing that. Yeah, we've got a couple of people actually. Well, yeah. is Carl gonna race um, triathlon? Oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's training he, his butt off. Mm-hmm. Carl Bailey, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Gonna do Carl's great. gonna Carl Strong. He's yeah. gonna do great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna have some fun with our our dial triathlon team this yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, did you uh, you got in the pool with him not too long ago, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, and he can swim, which was scary. I was like, oh yeah, you can come swim with me. You know, let's just uh, just. Don't, you know, don't push it, buddy. You know, like get in the water and I'll show you some tricks, some things I know. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, you grew up swimming. Um, this is going to be a hard workout for me. Uh, he like, the you know, the first thing was like, you know, just a couple easy 50s. And I was just like, oh, geez, these are not easy 50s. He's strong in the water, which is awesome. Right. Because I've just I mean, I've known him for a couple of years and it's all been biking. And I'm like, this is good. You know, yeah. He's a good cyclist, but you get in the water. That's different. Right. Like that's like my territory. Not that I'm a great swimmer, but like. You know, you you expect these good cyclists not to be strong swimmers. And yeah, that was not the case. So yeah, good that's stuff. the thing is, I've, I've I've realized swimming. So kids who grow up swimming, if they don't stay with it, cycling is an awesome transition sport. They've already got a massive aerobic right. engine, and that just translates so well to the bike because running just takes years and years of you know different tissue adaptation. I you'll cycling see, you can transfer to a little bit easier. You'll, yeah, yeah, because the the you know there's mechanics are different right the ankles are so mm-hmm. different flexibility oh, all yeah. that stuff is so different going from swimming to running but what you mentioned earlier was like aerobic capacity which for you know the high school level runners and even like collegiate runners like it's just all about developing that aerobic capacity mm-hmm. which so if you have that swimming background because they start swimming at like five or six years old and they swim oh, yeah. and they're going to go swim for over an hour and mm-hmm. they're going to so they'll do and basically a lot of these kids will swim twice a day so it's like you do all this aerobic capacity work that you can't even do running. You probably don't do it biking either, but you can't do it running because you can't run. You, think, you can't take like a seven-year-old and have them run no. twice a day, right? No, yeah. So you you take them, you know, they're great swimmers, and then they switch over to running. And if the mechanics are okay, mm-hmm. they got the aerobic capacity. They do extremely well yeah. on the running side, which is cool. And so. this is, I mean, this is the cool thing about triathlon over the next 10 to 20 years right. is, I mean, man, we are going to be old and slow here oh, yeah. in the next 10 years, old and slow. I mean, like there are kids coming who have been swimming since they were five or six good right. high school swimmers. I used to have um, a friend used to always say the most dangerous ITU kid is a kid who swam well in high school and raced collegiately uh, track and field. Yeah. Well, those kids it, are unbeatable you yeah. get them on a bike and it's yeah it's over that's what they actually have like a usat program where they mm-hmm. scout those people so you know and, it, and that's basically the question marks are like are that's, you running in college that's how gwen do you have was a, found yeah do yeah. you have a swim background like you have those two things ticked okay we'll teach you to bike and that's mm-hmm. what they do and they take them and they like you finish <clears> your running career in college and you have your choice you're like you can go try to run pro or We'll pay for you to come out to Colorado Springs and you can train, you know, with this yeah. USAT program. It's USA Triathlon. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you okay. then on that front. They're doing a lot of the recruiting for these kids in, in college, correct? Yeah. yeah. I think what so so the US, I mean, I don't know. I mean, eventually it's like you have foreign people looking in and, and a lot of them will say like, wow, US program is really good at that collegiate level there's not a lot of support after that. So collegiate running is fantastic. You know, you, you have a team of people, you have trainers, you have a a huge support group, which you don't see as much in triathlon. We're starting to, Uh, you definitely don't have it in cycling as much, but running, right? Like you have three seasons, you know, year round running year round training. And so it's that post collegiate part that's tricky. 
you know, you have people that are great athletes, but they're done. They're done with their, you know, they could get faster, but at the same time, it's like they got to go get a job and they can't train, you know, 30 hours a week or whatever it is. So, so, and, and a second question to yeah. that, who, who's the world leader in triathlon? Where do you find the most gifted triathletes? Is this a U.S. dominated uh, arena or no. is this starting to become more like it's all over the place or is there another country that's dominating over us? Yeah. So that's a good question. So depends on like the distance of racing too. Depends on the year too, right? Like Ironman right now, Germany is dominating. Germany. Ironman, like full Ironman distance. Well, and it's interesting too, because in, I feel like a lot of the European countries, they grow up biking a little bit more than they do in the U S so I think that plays a big influence. Um, but ITU, like, like you said, you mentioned Gwen earlier. She dominated. Mm -hmm. She absolutely like went through the ITU season and didn't lose a race. Like she was just like, she finally got her bike figured out and it was like if she comes off the bike within you know within sight of the next person she'll run them down because she ran for wisconsin which is you know a pretty strong running program so mm-hmm. and she has a swimming background so her swim was okay you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's for the u.s that's what you'll see in um women's itu because we had Sarah True, there, we had like a handful of girls at that IT. Taylor Spivey too, yeah. Yeah, we have like a handful of U.S. girls that were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Summer Cook was another. So Summer, Summer and Gwen were both two of the better runners to really come through. I think in the SAT was, program, that, and that was really like this previous Olympic year. Mm-hmm. And things change. Every, yeah. You know, Gwen like, leaves the sport, and there's a massive vacuum, and it's been cool to see not. actually for the ice. Well, yeah, it's been it, it's been fun just to see the women's IT field, I think, open up as soon as she left, you know, which, yeah. So that said, do you think you'll ever see triathlon trickle down into the high school level as being a high school uh, discipline or a part of the, the athletic programs in high schools? You're starting to see it a little bit in cycling, um, especially with uh, Nika, the, the, the high school mountain biking league. Um, if I have my way with it, we'll, we'll have more road racing um, mm-hmm. injected into the, the, the youth community as well. Um, so... So I'll say this. I think the easy answer is yes. You know, it's like it's in some ways, you know, we can be optimistic. We can say, yeah, you know, I think I think um, we're going to start these programs. Other people in the area that are passionate about this, you know, sport are going to start these programs, whether it's mountain biking, cycling, like triathlon. There's a lot of opportunities to start triathlon programs in this area and like push it all the way down the high school level. But for fun. I'll say no, I don't think so. And and to play devil's advocate just because, you know, we're on a podcast and we're discussing this over radio. So like the reasons I don't think it will happen are because I think the numbers in triathlon are going down. I think less and less people are are doing are picking this and there's there's other activities like mud runs and Spartan challenges. CrossFit. CrossFit. <laughs> CrossFit. So so yeah, so I, you know, I don't know if, if it's not a sport that's really gaining steam, then I don't know if it's going to trickle down to high school. And I do think the collegiate stuff, like everything is going really well and it's going in the, in the right direction. I think like collegiate triathlon is looking excellent, but you know, if the sport's declining, then, you know, it may not make it. Here's a thing with, and, um, this was really out, out East. There are a lot of budding collegiate triathlon teams, but here's the interesting thing about it. So we may look at it and say, okay, these numbers are increasing. There's now a USAT high school triathlon national championship. There's a collegiate one that's been well attended. But if you look at the top guys at that collegiate level, they're all European. 
they are a lot of these teams are the Europeaners see that there's these scholarships available for triathlon. Right. They grow up youth in their mm -hmm. program, excel, and then they say, well, I'm going to go get a scholarship and they come over to America. So when you look at the best teams, even your Colorados, which have a lot of, you know, yep. American kids, but even your schools like uh, Liberty, Queens, um, you know, Colorado State, Colorado, the best male programs I know of and female programs there. There's a lot of foreign influence, which is great, but it's not showing that the sport's growing on U.S. soil. Yeah, and then I also wonder, like, because triathlon is this three-sport system, are you getting, like, you know, I mean, you're not getting the best swimmer in the world, right? They're going to go swim in college. You're not going to get the mm -hmm. best runners in the world. They're going to go run in college, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and that that's not to say that it couldn't happen that someone's not going to you know, choose triathlon over running track and field. Like my recommendation to a really good runner would be to go run in high school, you know, go run high school, run all the, you know, maybe do some triathlon in the summer and then like, you know, college, right? Like, it's like, no, you need to go run collegiately and mm -hmm. eh, no dabble in the summertime with triathlon. So it's definitely like the redheaded stepchild of like, Absolutely. The, you know, <laughs> of the NCAA system, right? Like it's not, I know that they brought in like officially women's triathlon into the NCAA yeah, system. It's for, a sanctioned sport. Right. Now, yeah. And it's mm -hmm. just so, but still it's not both guys and girls. It's yeah. still, you know, it's like hard to yeah. say, like, you know, are they getting leftover athletes? Some people would say yes. I would, I mean, I would personally agree with that. Yeah, I think they are. And that's just playing devil's advocate. There are people yeah. who disagree out there, but yeah, I think when you look at it, the reason that somebody like a Gwen or like a Morgan Pearson can come into the sport and be successful is because they are bona fide runners. And then when they come in, you know, all they got to do is figure out the, the bike. bike. They have their swim background. Right. And, you know, talking to somebody like Jake who understands the cycling world, the, the ITU, the, the, the stereotype for your ITU cyclist is they're not very strong. And I'm probably going to get some bad looks at that, but I feel like well, what's your being email? somebody what's who your I, email? what's your personal phone I'll number? Get, yeah, I'll <laughs> give I'll give that out in the next episode. But but I was somebody who grew up around a lot of bike racing, yeah. so I came into the sport triathlon as a cycle, you right. know, a cyclist. I like to pretend that I was a runner, but I was really sure. cycling was always my stronger event. So I got to see like how weak triathlon cyclists actually are when you put them into like a road racing situation. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one place where. I like how the U.S. system, I think, has kind of started to take a focus on the cycling aspect of triathlon. Because you look at somebody like a Ben Canute, one of right. the best cyclists in triathlon. I mean, guys race pro 1-2 races on the road and done very well. Hmm. Does that stereotype hold up with uh, triathletes and uh, being terrible bike riders? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, right? <laughs> no, I mean... in Nobody at this table, right, Matt? Yeah, We're both no. excellent cyclists. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just i'm a little shaky a little shaky when i get on the bike but yeah uh no i i think uh you know the the stereotype for um triathlon cyclists is all the gear all the aero equipment and uh yeah <laughs> not a lot of bike handling skills yeah, so 90 cents in gear and 10 cents in bike handling skills yeah, right yeah right good yeah, yeah. so seen it before that's, can't say that i haven't and that's but. okay that's okay you know like in my mind like we'll take anybody come yeah. on like yeah and i think that's the usat's mantra is like hey we'll teach you all the biking stuff you know like we can mm -hmm. do that we can get you there like because a lot and i think biking is good this way it's like you put in the work you'll get better at biking so yeah. that's good 
Okay. Hey, let's let's change gears real quick and um, jump into um, a little segment that we uh, we'd like to bring up from time to time. It's uh, something that these three knuckleheads are going to call the errors and omissions segment. Oh. <laughs> so, um, and and we'll maybe come back and answer a few questions too that were brought up in uh, previous discussions and and let you guys know uh, an update, give you an update on on what those things were. So, Evan, would you like to uh, start us off with anything? You know, we might as well just rename this segment like fact checking, Evan. I think. I think <laughs> I think we can just call it fact checking Evan and we can get as many anybody who wants to call me out on anything I'd you know like to address it so first <laughs> is this a good time to be like send your comments first, here send I need your emails here <laughs> corrections go to this brick wall Evan's personal here. phone number yeah <laughs> and, and real quick if you ever do want to email us with any questions uh, call us out on anything fact check us um, you can send your your scathings or your compliments or all that other stuff to info at dialedcycling.com. We'd appreciate that. Just some feedback. That'd be great. Or just our personal Facebook pages too. Oh. You just get on there. But yeah. uh, so first I have to apologize to the state of Alaska, which has the most national park well, acreage. That, that makes How sense. I didn't think of that. I'm yeah. amazed. But you were probably thinking continental. Idaho. Idaho is number three though. Okay. So they are up there. Yeah. Not too far off. They're the yeah. Top, they're in the top 50. Yeah, exactly. I'm just you apparently Idaho biased. Top 50. Yeah, come on, man. I'll try and I'll try and I'll try and come up with an interesting Alaska fact next time so that I can kind of even it out. And and it doesn't have to be true. Yeah, no. You know what? No. <laughs> Matt actually talked about a friend of ours who's a local cyclist named Corey. We'll have to talk to Corey about this Ironman deal oh that he's doing gosh. up in Alaska. Alaska. Do, do you know the specifics yeah. on that? I, he um, told me, and I just went, "You've got to be joking no, me, dude! We'll Come on, it, man!" We'll look it back up, and then when we, when we do corrections next time, we'll actually bring up the details. But his the race he's signing up for, or has signed up for, and gotten accepted to, is the Alaska Man Triathlon, and it's a longer race, and I think it's a five k swim. That just sounds painful. But the water's cold. It's, oh, I, I think he said it, it was like the, like the mid to low forties, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I mean, the water's cold, and I feel like there's um. There's certain like currents or something. Is, is like, that wetsuit legal? Dude, dude, no, do they even yeah. have to check? <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to strip down, go buck naked yeah. into the water. I think is the rule. Let's make sure to take the water temp before yeah. the race, just to make sure. Yeah. yeah, that's a fine, fine detail yeah. point of the rules. But uh, and then I think it's a hilly bike ride. I don't remember what it was distance wise, maybe 100 miles or something like yeah. that. And then but brace marathon. yourself for the finish. Tell us about the run. Is the run? Do you finish uphill? Is that it's it's, it's, it's like a normal run? But I think he said something to the effect of like the last five or seven miles. There was like seven thousand feet of elevation gain oh my goodness i mean it's absolutely nuts I mean, and you have to have somebody along with you just in case something goes and, Ma and sideways. Matt, matt already knows this saying a marathon doesn't start until right. the last 10k so that marathon doesn't <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh yeah i mean it's a pretty scary race i mean i that's why i wouldn't sign up for something like that like an iron man is scary but yeah you're gonna be i mean you're gonna be fine it's just like no, you're not going to be okay. <laughs> the water, you there's, might not come out of the swim. Somebody like, with you. Dangerous. That's I kind of like that, event. man. More, more power to him. We should bring him on. Oh, That's. Yeah. I love, I love talking about races like that. Those just crazy endurance well, races. Yeah. Norseman is like the classic yeah. one. That's, yeah. Um, it's a race in Europe, and it's similar in concept to Alaska Man. It's like longer swim. And then uh, I think the bike ride looks really cool. They, yeah. I mean, you could Google this and check out some YouTube videos. They're absolutely beautiful and stunning. Yeah. But then the marathon is like you climb up this mountain and you're, you're bouldering up rocks to, to the finish line. I mean, it looks ridiculous. It's yeah. absolutely crazy. So, absolutely nuts. Yeah. That's and some that, serious shrinkage too. Oh, oh my water. gosh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I would just put on two wetsuits. Is that yeah. a thing? 
Yeah. Is that yeah. allowed? They, they have these thicker wetsuits. I think the, gosh, I want to say, oh man, I don't want to mess this up. Blue 70 might have this like thermal wetsuit now. This is like a new thing that some of the wetsuit companies are doing. So you do that. You do well, one look, of the thermal caps. If he's wrong. I, yeah. Corrections. <laughs> corrections next week. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you, booties, thermal cap. I think and I've seen the what thicker, you're talking the about. The thicker wetsuit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, at least, you know, they know that like they're going to be, you're going to be racing in it. So your arms will be able to yeah. move a certain way or whatever. That so. was, that was always what we were told whenever we would start early season open water mm. swimming was that you've got to protect the face because as soon as you have basically temperature sensors in your skin right around your, like right around your temporal Scary. region. And if you hit those, your body will go, you know, very protective. You can spasm out. Um, you know, your blood pressure can drop pretty quick. So there's there's definitely and this folks issues. is why I stick to riding bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crashes crashes are nothing compared to yeah. swimming in forty forty. So when are we gonna? When's the first open water swim for us? We were just me and Derek were just talking about that. Maybe mid April. Okay, couple weeks. Sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll bring my rowboat. Yeah. Oh, and I've got one last correction here. So I gave somebody six seconds on their 5K. Oh. Gwen, Gwen, Gwen. went 15, oh, 15. Oh, Gwendolyn. She's so like much, <laughs> so much slower than 1509. I feel, like, yeah. I feel like she's uh, constantly brought up on this podcast. So yeah, yeah. that's good. I got to look this Gwen. Yeah. yeah. Person you should up, check so. her out. Did you look her? Okay. Yeah. No, so I, got, I, I will. One of these she's got days. a new vlog out. And if you just search for Gwen Jorgensen on YouTube, you'll be able to mm-hmm. find it. No, I thought we were talking about Gwen Stefani. I'm sorry. Oh, mm. sorry. Wrong. Is she Gwen. making a presence in triathlon lately, Gwen <laughs> Stefani? Yeah. I think it's going to be big. I think her and last uh, song was like 20 years ago. So, well, you know, it's about time for triathlon. Oh, there if, you, if you type uh, Gwen into Google, she comes up. Uh, Fourth behind Gwen, Gwen Stefani, Gwen Stefani age, and then Gwen Jorgensen. So Gwen, just... Gwen Stefani's age makes it. <laughs> that's that's the world we live in. Yeah. So Gwen Gwen's had started up a new vlog. You guys can go on YouTube and you can follow her, subscribe to her channel. But uh, she's doing yeah, she's doing great. She's um, switched over to running. She's not doing triathlon anymore, as far as we know. I mean, once you win gold medal, right? Like, where yeah. do you go from there? Where Where do you go? But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think she'll. I mean, she's. Yeah. She is one of those people who makes a still image look like she is straight flying. <laughs> she, oh, yeah. Right. She, she looks like she's flying in this picture where she's running. She's got a giant smile on her face and yeah. there's nobody around her. That's awesome. She she was on a different planet running-wise when she was in triathlon. Like, it was yeah. almost too easy she for her at some point. She just won last night, the night before last. She won the uh, Stanford 10K yeah, yeah, huh. she went thirty-one fifty-five, I think, for that, and I got that time right. Pretty sure. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm yeah. almost positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah. So she's a fantastic. She's doing great. She's doing well on her running. I mean, I think people were probably expecting her to run a little bit faster, and I think she maybe was expecting herself to run a little bit faster, kind of like, I don't know, thirty-one mid or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not. It doesn't matter. It's racing, right? Like, mm-hmm. she won her race. So yeah, yeah. she's so. moving up to the half here soon. Anyway, so yeah. I think it was just a step. I think down, that yeah. yeah, the half will be challenging, and I think she'll do well. So yeah. we'll see. And so here's the spot where um, I don't really get to do Arizona missions, but we had asked, or you had asked, Evan, if I'm not mistaken, about the mm-hmm. uh, the little bicycle shop I used to frequent. My oh, yeah. my fond memories did of you, a kid. Did you say the name of it? It was a um, Fallbrick Cycle and Hobby, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And uh, Google told me that they, uh, this is part where you can cue the sad trombone, they went out of business. No. So, uh, oh. Broke my heart. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> anyhow. We should start a, a Bring It Back campaign. Bring you know, It Back. Yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> bring It Back. Fallbrick Cycle and Hobby. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, they they, uh, they are gone. But anyway, hey, um, another quickie. Um, let's do a. And I didn't really talk to you guys about this beforehand. Sure. So just start mm-hmm. blogging your not blogging, but running your your brains. Um, let's talk about what you guys are listening to right now for music when you're training. That's something cool. that that we'll, we're going to bring up uh, frequently here. Just like you know what we're listening to, what we got going on, things to get us motivated. Um, okay. Yeah. Matt, I'll start, we'll, right? we'll, <laughs> excluding Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor. Oh yeah. Oh shoot, I forgot. Yeah, only Taylor Swift. No. Um, so. I, I actually think about this like depending on the ride and this is important because when you're laying out your week of workouts mm-hmm. you have your oh man I'm gonna have to yeah. dig deep on this particular workout you know and that's you know whatever you know that's like Tuesday or whatever it is and then you have your Wednesday workout where it's like okay this is just easy you know easy cruise or whatever it is just like turn so for those I'll turn a movie on I won't necessarily have music at all gotcha but the Tuesday mm-hmm. workout when you know you're gonna hurt I turn. I don't have a movie on. I, I mean, I'll usually leave like Zwift on in the background if I'm doing a workout. But if I know I'm gonna hurt, it's classic rock. <laughs> it's classic rock. <laughs> and I'll play Pandora because I can play it through my TV with decent sized, you know, speakers. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes what I'll do is like, you know, you know, you have this last rep, right? And yep. that's like the one that you're gonna go all out on, right? And it's like. That'll be hopefully something along the lines of um, like ACDC or something like that. Yeah, like Back in Black or something. Maybe some Metallica. Maybe some Metallica. Not as much Metallica guy. No, I mean, I like Metallica. That's fine for... For you know, three number rep rep number three four whatever no problem yeah. with that doesn't bring but you home. sometimes sometimes what I'll do is if on you know as Pandora Radio is playing, ACDC will come through or whatever, and if it's close to the end, I'll pause it. Because it's Pandora, right? You can pause it, but you can't. You can't really like. You gotta save that good. song. You can skip. It. So I'll save that good song, and then as soon as my next my or my last rep is coming on, I'll unpause it, and I'll even look. I, I'm so fanatical about it. I'll look at how how long my rep is, and like I'm like, okay, well this rep is three minutes. This song is three and a half minutes. So halfway, you know, you know whatever it is, thirty seconds into the song, Give I need to pause. Yep. <laughs> I need to be ready to go, and it needs to get me all the way through that whole last rep, right? So, gotcha. so yeah. So for me, classic rock, ACDC is definitely the the go to music. There's some other good options, but I think I think that would be my recommendation. Angus, oh, not Angus. I'm sorry, uh, Brian Johnson, or uh, harking back to uh, uh, Bon Scott. Oh, I don't know. Back in Black is like. Um, what you know, any of their whatever their greatest hits album. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm like the biggest ACDC fan. I just feel like for workouts, it's good. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. That's definitely in my my rotation. As Is well, it so okay? ACDC. Yeah. Does it get you um like your watts or? slowly escalating oh, yeah. up you hey, see the numbers you hear those up. you There's hear a those recent study that shows absolutely oh, yeah high tempo music increases performance if you're riding behind me and hell's bells hits right you better oh, yeah. freaking hold on buddy <laughs> you hear that you hear that gong yeah you know or whatever it is. thunderstruck thunderstruck yeah. Yeah. yeah um really funny like side note right like you both uh, are so aging yourselves right now yeah this well is- <laughs> well in acdc i mean i don't know i'd say acdc was probably it was it was older music back even when i was young so it's oh just, yeah yeah but um what was interesting is like i used to have this running joke with a friend of mine and we would like listen to music before we raced whatever cross country or track or whatever it was and we had this joke and it was like oh yeah this race doesn't even matter i didn't even play cdc before we started the race like that was the <laughs> thing it was like oh yeah it's like is it on then it's yeah. thunderstruck then yeah. we have like that like to amp us up before the race like yep. we needed to be amped up but yep. yeah but yeah no um <laughs> 
we wanted to talk about like race anxiety at some point. Yeah. Uh, so the that next episode it could be a, a saying, future, yeah. future podcast. We're going to, yeah. we're definitely going to touch on that subject. But one of the things that, you know, I worry about coaching high school kids is like, how's our anxiety levels? Cause there's definitely like, you know, you want people amped up, but there's a fine line, right? Yeah. It's like, are we too amped up here, guys? And this, oftentimes we are. So. This is the difference between a sport like football and cross country. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah, you want your kids ready to go, but you're like, I'd like your heart rate roughly at resting before this yeah. you know, race yeah. gets going. Yeah. There's no reason for you to be <laughs> freaking out right now because you got 30 minutes until your race. Yeah, so, I gotcha. yeah. How about you, Evan? Uh, Music-wise, well, let me bring a look. I, I will absolutely listen to any of the older stuff. Uh, I used to listen to quite a bit of, like, Linkin Park when I would train. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the newer stuff I would listen to. Uh, a lot of rap lately. Like Macklemore? Do you like that? No, not that no. kind of rap. Like, like just, dad rap. Like just, bad like, rap. not good. Like, not even good music. Like, future stuff. Any future fan out there can send me a personal message yeah. that you're angry. But, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I don't even like the music. It's just I need to, like, not have to think about stuff, and that music is perfect for not having perfect. to, yeah, analyze anything. Yeah. On the bike, you listen, that's what you're jamming to on the bike? Uh, you, usually I'll actually turn on old bike races, but, yeah, if I'm doing intervals, I'll turn it up. So, like, I do a lot of watching, like, uh, the early Tour de France. So before I actually got the YouTube on my TV. The YouTube. I used to actually have DVDs of every Tour de France since 1998. Nine, I believe the uh, yeah ninety nine. It was the uh, Lance's Ooh, first year. I'm on one of your DVDs. Seriously, two thousand three. Really? You have that? Yes. You have the the oh yeah the disc that you like uh-huh. purchased right from from the French. Yeah. Yeah. The, let's let's look sometime. Okay. Oh, we're gonna look that. Yeah, because I'm running next to Lance or someone with the American flag like markered on my back. <laughs> I've watched <laughs> that enough that I probably could pick yeah, out the scene. More That's incredible. More Zine France. Okay. Oh, we got to look. So that you up. were there. You got yeah. to. I ran like. 10k out in the mountains and then just found a hill that was not that there weren't a ton of people around yeah. and then you know you you see a couple breakaway people or whatever and then you ran i mean i ran with lance and uh as long and they were actually going really fast so i wasn't yeah. able to stay with them for like i mean i'll be on there for the blink of an eye but i'm yeah. on the dvd but i don't think i was on some of the other coverage and then um and then as you were like then i ran back right so it was like pretty decent i was a decent runner back then so i ran back and i'm running around or whatever and the back of the pack guys are not going that fast like i can oh, like sprinters i can like yeah. run the up on boost. i'm like <laughs> yeah i can run up on these guys i'm like those guys i could run with for like three seconds and you guys i'm like running up on like uh-huh. there's some really different paces going on oh yeah coming from back running background like no pretty much everyone runs the same pace like within a couple minutes or yeah. of each other like everyone's running fast and so. that's where we can have some fun episodes about like cycling history because i i, oh. I really do enjoy ta- i i grew up around cycling the reason i'm such a adamant lance armstrong fan was because my dad was when i was young so yeah. yeah always grew up watching the grand tours um as i got a little bit older liked watching the belgian classics too and all yeah. that so yeah so yesterday you did a training a workout on the trainer yes yeah and you it was like a Tempo ride, tempo ride, or what's long that? ride? Just long ride in general. So yeah. that was yeah. Tour de France tapes. Uh, no, that was right. actually Flanders uh, previews. Oh. I watched. I watched Flanders. a lot of Flanders previews. Oh, nice. Which happened today? Yeah. Yeah. Big race. Uh, Nurky, Nikki Terpstra took yeah. it home. The Quick Step team, the Quick Step machine, took another classic. So yeah, yeah. very yeah. cool. Yeah, we can definitely have some future future uh, bits here as the Grand Tour is coming up, talking about some Grand Tour oh, history man. for anybody who's interested. Sure, you know, that'd be great. The Giro, I'm biased. Learn. I'm Italian. The Giro's my favorite, so. Oh, yeah. 
Hmm. Okay, so the Jiro's the only Grand Tour that's keeping Podium Girls. Is yes. That, is that correct? Or did I just make that up? That No, I, Matt, you just nailed that. And also, that does not surprise me. No, in the sl- surprise I mean, me. Let, let's be honest. If there was one Grand oh, Tour, it would be the Italians who is... were just like, nope, we're keeping the Podium Girls. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well... We got some we got some fun stuff to talk about in the yeah, future here, definitely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. um, as for my my playlist, um, not that anybody really cares. I'm kind of boring. I guess I'm the oldest man at the table too. So eighty four. This is today. the most important playlist. You've listened to the most music of any of us. Mm-hmm. That, that's true. That's yeah. a very solid point. That's a nice way to put that you're a little bit older. <laughs> no, actually, I'd like to. I, I I've got such music whiplash. I mean, you'll go from like the old classic stuff. You'd be hearing, hearing some Zeppelin, or you know, jumping into a little bit of um, ACDC, like Matt over here. And then next thing you know, you're listening to the Chainsmokers, and then you're you're you know back into like maybe like a Braveheart song that, that'll jump in. <laughs> sure. And the next thing you know, you get EZD singing some Boys in the Hood. It's just my my music is all over the flipping place, and yeah. those are things that just get me pumped up and i've got a whole spotify playlist uh, called jake's ride list and it's got probably i think the last time looks about 125 songs in there so you can get on you can get a long ride oh yeah yeah, just, yeah. yeah. So we should out. each week we got to pick one song so it was the your, your one interval song that week that really got you going cannot yeah. be thunderstruck every single time yeah. it's got it and it <laughs> cannot that's, include that's taylor swift <laughs> uh, we got, oh i'm We're out putting a moratorium on Pierce Taylor Swift here. i'm out no options very unless cool. unless you have some like unheard taylor swift song you know like one that's mm-hmm. like off you know like a very hipster taylor swift mm-hmm. song to like no that's yeah. a that's a good idea um and it could be like you had this workout which you know which song did you use for your last yeah. uh interval or whatever it is so mm-hmm. that might yeah, be interesting good stuff good stuff okay um you guys are, are you guys spending a lot of time on the train right now is that where you're spending most of your time right now getting your rides in I'm spending a lot of time at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different type of interval. It's a, it's a yeah. different type. Yeah, I mean, the, the curls. And we're yeah. not talking about the bar workout or the bar... Bar, <laughs> bar <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not no, going definitely. to ballet classes. Yeah, yeah. Getting, some, getting some curls in. Yeah. Uh, what, what programs are you using when you're on the trainer map? So Zwift is the big one. I used Trainer Road for a long time, and I really like those guys. I talked to them for way back in the day when they the software that I'm a software nerd, so the software that they were were writing was like right up my wheelhouse. And I talked to those guys specifically about the software stuff, and that was super early on. Um, but when Zwift came out, it was just like I was on their beta list, so I I was writing for free for a while. And it was just really good, and I was like. This is great. If they put together, if they put workouts into this program, it's all over. Like I'll, I'll, you know, I'll drop train a road or whatever and I'll do this. And shortly thereafter, I mean, they were like, yep, we're going to have workouts. And I looked at the workout list. I thought it was excellent. And I was like, okay, I don't need that much. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to have more, but you can write your own, um, workouts within Zwift. If you want to, you can upload a, a file or whatever. So that's cool. So, uh, so I did kill my trainer road account and I've been Zwift all the way ever since. And I use their, um, their FTP test. They have two of them or they used to have two of them. I don't know what they have now, but I use that. I use their longer one and it's, it's good. I, mean, I don't think it has to be, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be repeatable. Yep. Right. So that you can check your numbers and, you know, and things like that. And, um, and then I just lie about my weight so that I can go ride with Jake. There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... 125 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> eventually, I'm going to crack that 100-pound barrier. There you go. And, yep. uh, and somehow, I can keep up with Jake. Yeah, so... How about you, Evan? What are you using? Uh, I am actually not using Zwift right now, but I am this season coming up really going to consider it because I do a lot of trainer riding. Yeah. Probably once a week, yeah. I'm outside. And this time of year, building into triathlon season, I'm doing a lot of 
uh, by myself training. So I kind of need that, that motivation, but, um, I get my workouts specifically from my coach. I try to follow those. He's probably rolling his eyes. I definitely don't always follow them like I should. <laughs> so, but so is it a piece of paper then? You're just like looking I at just, the paper and it's like five minutes. I just bring up the wattage. email on my phone. Yeah, I, I just yep. bring up my email on my phone. Yeah, papers and have it. You know, yeah. it's it's funny. Last year was the first year I ever trained with a power meter. I had yeah. uh I kind of had this thing where I really liked training. As, no, just as numbers started to get more important, I wanted to be like the cool kid who didn't use numbers. Oh, I'm no yeah. longer the cool kid. I was never cool anyway. Right. But like, yeah. I I like never used heart rate. I went purely by feel for everything. I even road raced without a bike computer. Yeah. It was fun. So my my last year of road racing when I was 24, um, there was a bunch of high school kids coming through uh, the scene. Some very 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 fast kids in Ohio, and during a race, one of them came up to me and saw I didn't have a bike computer. And I don't know how old he thought I was, but no lie, this kid said to me during the race, he goes, man, I hope when I'm your age, I just don't care about numbers either. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to be nice, but I've at the age of 24, never felt so old my entire yeah, life. So <laughs> gotta love the lack of science from the science guy. And then the kid dropped me on the climb in the last oh. lap. So <laughs> he was a great cyclist. But yeah. Are you training on a smart trainer? Uh, no, no, not right now. Okay. Which, which trainer do you have? Uh, kinetic. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a good trainer. Love them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're great trainers. Trainer. Yeah. Uh, they are very durable because I beat that thing up. So yeah. yeah. And I will say that Zwift's price has increased. I feel like a couple months ago they've increased. I think if you're grand your grandfathered in for a little bit of time, eventually our the price will go up for yeah. us too. I think it was back in November they jumped the price from ten to fifteen bucks yeah. a month, and Which is that's really pricey. Uh, yeah, it's pricey. But if you're, and, and I think a, a big driving component behind that is a lot of people turn it off in the summer months. They don't yep. use. They put their account on hold. So I mean, they've got to maintain their business model. So I kind of get it. Last year I let it run year round. Um, this yeah. year I'll probably turn it off. I mean. 15 bucks isn't breaking the bank by any means at all, but no. um, it's enough to where now I'm going to say, yeah, I, I probably would have let it ride at, at 10 bucks and just use it like yep. once or twice a month. Now it's going to get turned off and probably, you know, the first of May. And then I'll just, uh, yeah. you know, I hope it can get turned off the first of May. That means we got good weather. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it's a great program to use, especially when you're uh, using a smart trainer and you can build your programs and, and set that thing up on erg mode. You can just have, perfect workouts and it's just up to you to, to push your legs over and maintain your cadence and and really follow the program and it doesn't take long to build a program in there it's a, a very sound um, platform and you get the the social interaction of riding with other folks and that kind of breaks the monotony of being on the trainer that's something that that's something we all hate you yeah. know yeah you know it's people say well you can sit there and watch tv and you can listen to music and you can interact with people and you can be on your phone it, it still sucks but well, and what's sad is I'll have a movie on the, the TV and the Zwift on the computer. And it's like, are you actually biking? Or are you just like overwhelmed with screens? But I don't, it's weird. Like, I'm like, well, I'm on the, I'm on the trainer. And even if I'm doing an easy ride, it's like, I want Zwift there to keep track of my mileage and keep track of my, you know, wattage, just like to keep the numbers, even though I could have my computer do it, I guess. But it's like, yeah. it's another social-ish platform, you know. Yeah, we could pipes it over to Strava and you get a little yeah. bit of interaction that yeah. way and you, it goes into your, your totals. Yeah. We yeah. could definitely have a whole a whole episode talking about indoor training. I've got a couple a couple things that were really important to me with um, as I was kind of developing into a more high-volume trainer when mm -hmm. I was younger and – I think there's definitely got to be that in time where you take away the screen and the stimulus. I, yeah, I had one, I have a buddy who can tell you this story better than I can, but I had a training day where this was years ago. I spent five hours on the trainer without the TV on yeah. in the basement and then ran 20 miles after that on the treadmill without the TV on. 
So I tried to like you're trying to break yourself. Mentally. I was trying to break myself, like like just just see what you can do without stimulus, because you'd be amazed like when we're used to Zwift or that right. visual input, like if you're actually able to take that away. Yeah, you know, which yeah. in the triathlon world is important, in the cycling world no, because you got to be <laughs> yeah. aware of the entire I'm over cycling here race. To myself, uh, no thanks. <laughs> no, but when you're racing, I just feel like there there's I don't feel like I never feel bored in a race, and I've you no, know no 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 I've never. Raced, yeah I'm a, a slow athlete, and you know, race an Ironman that's a long time out there. <laughs> so no, I mean I feel I don't ever feel bored. Yeah. But, I mean in the and when you're racing, it's you're thinking about the race and you're thinking yeah. about all these little details. And then so. cycling's even more stimulating as a race, as Jake knows. You're thinking yeah. about I mean every moment of that race is an oh, yeah. assessment yeah. of what's yeah. going I mean, on. Just race yesterday, for instance, two hours fifteen minutes on the bike, and it was just under fifty five miles. if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's time vortex. You, yeah. Like you think about it when the race is over and if someone were to come up to you and ask you and you never looked at any metrics or anything like how long was that race? I don't know, 45 minutes or so. And it's two, two yeah. hours, 15 minutes. I mean, it's yeah. nuts how the time just escapes you. It's, yeah. it's quite cool. Yeah. So, okay guys. Well, I think we're uh, just about out of time here. Any, uh, any final words, um, anything that you'd like to share any takeaways from today? Uh, I just hope a lot of people find air so I can continue oh, this yeah. streak of at least two an episode. So, yeah. yeah. Well, if you're, if you're only at two, you're doing really well. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say two is a threshold. <laughs> How about you, Matt? Yeah. No, I think uh, good group, good fun. Uh, thanks for thanks for having us on. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who had a chance to listen to our first podcast, uh, thank you so much for the feedback and kind words. This has been so much fun. And uh, speaking of time vortex, man, does it get away? And uh, yeah. that's the yeah. driving reason why we wanted to do this because we've had some awesome conversations in the past that, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, if I were a fly on the wall, I would definitely listen to this conversation. I would stick right here because this is a lot of fun and entertaining. So um, we do appreciate your time. Again, Evan, Matt, thank you very much. And thank you. we will see you guys next time. Bye for now. Bye.